0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? All right, good to see you. Hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. Um, Just a, a reminder, you know, this is... For we're going to pass these bags along, for anybody who would like to give towards the mission here at Vineyard Westside, the things that we do, but also the reminder that um, if if you don't carry cash in your pocket or checks or anything, you can always give digitally. <laughs> you can sign up to have, uh, you know, I do a, a direct deposit thing where it's every week. You can sign up for our church app. Church Center. Uh, if you search Vineyard West Side on either the, the Google Store or the App Store on, on iOS, uh, you can just search Vineyard West Side and download our church app. It has messages on it, it has a Bible included, it has information about what's going on at the church, ways to get connected in groups. Um, it's, it's just a really good tool, and that also has uh, methods for giving. Uh, if you want to give through that, so we 're going to pray, God, thank you for just the work that you do here thank you for thank you for spoiling us the way that you do. sometimes we don 't feel that way, and we just we just take a minute right now to recognize it that you give good gifts to your children, that you take care of us, that you give us more than we need, and so thank you, just pray that this offering would be Uh, Something usable for your kingdom. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, all right, all right. Well, we're going to jump into some things. What we're going to talk about today is uh, the process, the process between the promise and the payoff. That there's a process in between the promise and the payoff. Uh, Jim Cimbala, in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, he said, I'm scared of the thought that my life might pass me by without God doing something great with it. I'm scared of that thought. That my life might pass me by without God doing something great with it. Do you all want God to do something great with your life? Are you just looking to get through it? You've got to want more than that we got to want more than that. You have a destiny that is meant to be for you. There are plans that have been put in place for your life. Every one of those plans begins with a promise. And the promise, you know, we have lots of promises. There's a promise that, that He loves you. It's a promise that He loves you. There's a promise that he's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to stop hounding after you. He's never going to stop knocking at the door waiting for you to open it up. All these different promises, but also specific promises about your life that there could be a promise that you're going to be, you're going to be the one who breaks generational curses in your family. There's promises that you are going to be the first one to graduate college. There's promises that um, you might be the one who is going to, you know, become a missionary and move to a place for the rest of your life and you're going to give your whole self to him. There could be promises that you're going to be married and happy and find that soulmate. There's promises of all different kinds. There's promises that after you retire that you are not retired from the kingdom at all. That's where you're going to get started and you're going to do the best ministry of your life. There's promises all over the place. Everything begins with a promise and everything ends with a payoff. In between those things, though, there's a process. And that process sucks sometimes. That process is really hard. In between the promise and the payoff can be really, really difficult But God has made you for a purpose, and he loves you enough that he would not give you that purpose, he would not give you that promise without giving you all the tools you need to make it happen. He's not going to give you a promise that you can't make real, because he says in Ephesians that you are God's handiwork. Anybody ever tell you you're a real piece of work? It's true. You are. You are. You're God's handiwork, and you've been created to do good works in Christ Jesus. And it says that he has prepared in advance for you to do. There's a process in between the promise and the payoff, and sometimes that process is painful. There's no such thing as an overnight success. We don't end up getting the promise and then immediately followed with the payoff, usually. There's no such thing as an overnight success. You might look at somebody and say, wow, they burst onto the scene. You might think about Hollywood and somebody who has shown up, an actor or actress, and now they're in every single movie, it seems like. And you're like, how did they just, they hit it, they're at the right time, they got so lucky. No, they did not. They didn't get so lucky. We don't think about the number of acting classes they took. We don't think about the number of, no's and rejections that they received when they, were, when they were going out for things and auditioning. We don't think about these different things that went into the payoff happening. There's a process in between the promise and the payoff. When you think about Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid... That's so what I always think of with it. Just that that process of paint the fence, sand the floor, wax on, wax off, right? Why am I doing this? This is stupid. This doesn't have anything to do with karate. This is not, I came here to learn how to fight. He says, Yeah, but this is the process of you the process wasn't pointless. The process was the point. The process was the point of it all. That process is when God is preparing you for the thing that he's prepared for you. He's getting you ready for the thing that he's been working on for you to receive. Because you're God's handiwork. Today what we're going to talk about is that middle part. That middle part, the process. That in between the promise you receive from God... And also, if you feel like you haven't received a promise from God, some of those I listed at the beginning, that you have been created for his handiwork, that's a promise. That he's never going to leave you or forsake you, that's a promise. You've been given so many promises, but specific promises, if you feel like you haven't got one of those, God, I pray right now that you would be delivering it. That you would be giving them a promise. That they would know what it is. That however big or small it is, that the promise is that they're going to stay sober, that the promises that they are going to um, get out of debt, that the promises that they're going to finish school, that the promises that they're going to get promoted, whatever that promise is. we're going to talk about that middle part, the process in the middle of it. And the thing I always talk about with this is that it's a, a principle that we could call the path. The process, instead of calling it the process, let's call it the path. A principle is something that's like a law. It's something that's working all the time. This, this just happens no matter what. You can't turn this process off. The path can't be turned off. You're on the path. The path, though, it leads to different places. Every single person in this room, this is applicable for you. You are on a path. Some of you, you're going to get to that point of the payoff at some point. Maybe you've had some different payoffs where it came to be the payoff where you, exactly what you wanted, you ended up there. The relationship that you wanted, you got it. That as far as your money goes... That you got to that point where you weren't living paycheck to paycheck anymore, and all of a sudden you're okay. And now you're able to save, and now you're able to bless other people. Maybe you got to that point where you're connected with God in a way that you wanted forever, and now you are. Maybe you got to that point where you did finish school, and now maybe you're gonna go for your master's, maybe you're gonna do more, maybe you're gonna teach. Maybe you're going to just get that dream job that you wanted because you completed it. And then others of us will be in that place where we say, how in the heck did I end up here? How did I end up here? I had this idea, I had this promise in my heart, I had this thought of where I wanted to be, and what the heck happened? How am I here? What went wrong? The principle of the path goes something like this. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. The direction that you're heading, which way are you heading? I'm heading this way. That is going to determine where I end up, not my intention. Have you heard that saying that the the road to destruction is paved with good intentions? That, well, I wanted this to happen, but... Yeah, you wanted this to happen, but you kept heading in that direction, that other way. Direction, not intention, ends up determining your destination. Imagine that I'm taking a trip with my family to Florida. I've done this before. I'm planning for this trip. Everything is loaded up. We got the sunscreen, we got the flip-flops, we got the bathing suits all the stuff that we need. We pray together before we go that, God, would you please give us traveling mercies? Our intention is that we're gonna spend our vacation in Florida. The problem is, I'm horrific when it comes to a sense of direction. The worst you've ever known. I think I promise. Horrible with direction, I don't know why. And so instead of going the right way, I jump on I-75 North. And eventually, I start noticing that the weather is not getting warmer. And eventually, I see a sign that says Michigan. And I can't figure out what went wrong. We prayed and everything. The thing about it is, though, I need a map. I need a map. I need a GPS. I need a, a partner who's telling me the right way to go. I need something. They cannot sleep at the beginning. We can't leave in the middle of the night where they start off sleeping. I will get us in trouble. Dumb and dumber. (laughs) You went a quarter of the way across the country in the wrong direction. (laughs) My intention was one thing, but the direction was the other way. I talk with people all the time who have all sorts of intentions. I know a lot of women who have the intention, they intend to find a nice Christian man who they can settle down with and they can have a life with and maybe have some kids and, and they, can, they can you know, walk together with God, live the life that she always intended to have. But the reality is that any even somewhat cute guy who comes along and says anything somewhat nice to her uh, causes her to say yes. And, and also maybe she thinks a lot of them are cute. Maybe she's boy crazy. And years end up going by, and she's had one dirtbag relationship after another. The intention was that she would find her Boaz, but instead she found her dumb <laughs> her broke ass, her lazy ass. She's asking herself, why is this happening to me? How did I end up here? What what went wrong? I intended to find a good Christian man to spend the rest of my life with, but she's on that other path. That path goes somewhere every time. It goes somewhere every time. That's because direction and not intention determines your destination. It's the process in between that promise and the payoff. Sometimes we get mixed up in the process. I remember... Uh, my dad always saying, you know, usually after I did something stupid, um, the one that comes to mind is I bought my first car early. I actually bought it when I was, uh, before I was 15 even, because I had been saving up and a good deal came along and I got a 1985 Honda Accord and it was sweet. It only, it only had one, uh, it only had one mirror, on the, on the driver's side, it, factory, it didn't come with a, a, right, a passenger side mirror. That wasn't even an option. This car was bare bones. It did not have power steering, just like by design. And so it was super hard to turn the wheel. Anyways, I love that car. And I couldn't wait to drive it. So much so that I stole it when my dad was not home. And I drove it around when I was 14 and 15, very stupidly and we did stupid things with it. One of those being friends and I found black ice in a parking lot and we decided, it was a five speed, we decided to get it all the way through every gear, see what the speedometer could get up to, 150 miles an hour, and then we hit a spot in the pavement that was not iced and I ripped the axle out. Me and my hillbilly friends had to tow it back to my apartment using rope, and try to put it back into a parking space so my dad wouldn't know. And then when we went to take driving practice together, all of a sudden, it was just broken. I don't know what happened. My dad knew what happened right away, somehow. And I got busted, and he said, you're not, you're not going to be allowed to drive. This is going to happen. You have to pay to fix it. But he said, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping I wouldn't get caught, that it would fix itself somehow, like, without anybody doing anything. I was, thi- I was hoping that this, I was hoping that this, and I remember him saying, well, how about you hope in one hand... And you expletive in the other. (laughs) And you see which one gets full first. Because one has substance and one doesn't. Sometimes hope has great substance. This was not that hope. The path always wins. It's not the thing that you hope for, dream about, or intend to do. It's the path that you get on that will always lead you somewhere. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about this path going to narrow or wide gates. He says that we're to enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Only a few find it. Not all of us are going to find it because a lot of us are going to get on that wrong path. That's the easiest path to get on. The path to stay on that leads you to the payoff is hard. It's difficult. It's painful a lot of times. How many of you, maybe you have parents who always said that they wish they could go back to when they were 20 again or 30 again? Maybe you do. Maybe you wish you could go back to when you were 20 or when you were 30. It's not so that you can party. It's not so that you can just have a good time and you're not sore anymore. Man, I'm 40 now. It feels like I was in a car accident a lot of times when I wake up. You ever pull a a muscle vacuuming? (laughs) Like, what did I do? But going back to when you're 20 or 30, it's not so that you can party or feel young again. It's because you know that you could choose some different paths. This time, And if you have kids, you know that it's, that it's that place where you say that you could do as I say and not as I do. And when you're a kid, you're like, how does that make any sense? You're being a hypocrite. And you're like, that's because I have blown it. I have blown it many times in many different ways. And I would love for you to not have to blow it also. Sometimes they say that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. That knowledge is... Uh, going through the pain and having to learn through it, and wisdom is learning from somebody else's pain and not going through it. Why do we take the wrong path in life a lot of times? Why do we mess up the process? I think it's because things come along that end up capturing or grabbing our attention and causing us to veer. Things come along that capture or grab our attention. Maybe we were on the right path and we were heading down there and all of a sudden this thing came along, this person came along and your eyes were diverted and you headed a different way. There are things in life that end up capturing your attention. When I was 18 years old, my life was on a certain path and it wasn't good, it wasn't a good path at all. and I was stealing, and I, was, I had made a decision that I was going to do whatever I had to do to never be poor again, and I didn't care if if that harmed other people, and I was just going to do whatever I had to do and and see where it ended up. And I was secretive, and I was living in a life of complete sin, and so many of my friends had no idea what I was up to whatsoever. I was... Buying lunch in high school, and I had hundreds of dollars in my pocket paying for friends along the way They're like, where did you get that? I'm like, I found it And I was on a certain path and then I met this girl named Allison and She captured my attention and she grabbed my attention and suddenly I was doing things that I didn't normally do stuff I wasn't used to I was being good (laughs) And my path changed because I didn't want to be on that anymore. I knew it wasn't going, to, I wasn't going to work with her. Eventually, it was going to lead to her being out of my life, and I couldn't stand that thought. And so my path changed. I got married. I got married when I was 20 years old, which is too young to get married. But some of us need that, just like some of us need to go into the military, and it ends up being the thing that, that sets you right. And I got married at 20 My path changed, and it's good, and we're going to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary next month. Which is crazy. Thank you. And because of that path, three different people exist who didn't exist before. And they're fantastic kids. My daughter's 16. She just got her license. Please pray for us. But those those people exist because of a change in my direction. There are things that come along that will capture or grab your attention. They can be good things or bad things. There are things that cause you to do a quick shift all of a sudden. You do a direction change. You know, the word repent means to turn the other direction. Repent means to turn the other way. You're heading this direction. Repent means do a 180. Man, I hate when people say a 360 to go the other way. You do a 180, you go the other direction to repent. When we were on that vacation in Florida, my son, Finn, was about three years old. I was a dweeb and I was metal detecting on the beach one of my many hobbies that I had along the way. He's walking with me, and everything was fine. Things were pretty calm. I was finding a penny here and there. And I'm going back and forth, and suddenly this rogue wave comes in, and it grabbed my boy, Finn, and it sucked him out into the water far. And I had to make a decision that still kind of haunts me, To throw that metal detector down in the water, the metal detector was $1,300. But I had to grab my boy. Had to grab him. Sometimes something comes along and you got to change direction. You got to have a quick shift on something. And it was worth it. He's a pretty good boy. metal detector did not survive. Proverbs chapter 7, it says this, with persuasive words, she led him astray. Any of you ever been led astray by a him or a her? Oof. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once, he followed her all at once, quick shift, change in direction, heading this way, mmm, I like what she's saying, I like what she's doing, I like what she's wearing. And you shift. it says, like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it'll cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Some of you might be with somebody right now that you need to get the heck away from. Some of you might be with somebody right now that today you need to to make a change. That you keep making excuses for him or for her. And you're letting your life be diverted completely because of him or her. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Reminds me some of my ex-girlfriend. Geographically speaking, uh, you cannot get to where you want to be unless you know where you are to begin with, right? Like if you're trying to map something out, your GPS will do it automatically now. It'll figure out your location you are to set up the route for you. But before that, you had to know where you were. I'm like, am I in Michigan? (laughs) You need a reference point. The same way, though, you need to have that reference point in the rest of your life where you're willing to admit where you are to begin with. Some of us have to take that inventory that... What is the moral inventory called? The, where you have to take the inventory that's rough. Come on, the 12 steps. Anybody? Step four, Step four what is it? Take a fearless, take a moral, inventory. moral inventory. That one is rough. That one's rough. That's the one where you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, this is who I am. This is what I lack. This is what I've done. This is who I've hurt. This is the things that I'm doing wrong. These are the addictions I have. These are the the parts of my heart that are dark. It's that fearless moral inventory. Sometimes you got to know where your reference point is. A lot of us, we have that self-deception where we're like, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, and you try and find that person in your life that's done slightly worse things than you, and you say, well, I've never, I've never been so drunk I put a lampshade on my head. <laughs> Wise people look as far down the road as possible when they're making decisions. They don't just let them happen. Um... Because the thing is, we don't don't drift into good decisions. We don't accidentally end up there. If we're in a canoe, we're going to be taken somewhere. We're going to be taken somewhere, and if it's not the place that is good, you have to steer. You have to take control of it. I have never been in a canoe that just automatically went to where it was supposed to go. I end up in a tree. (laughs) When I was nine years old, I was in a canoe, Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to steer. I ended up going astray. I hit some rocks and some branches, and I was flung out of the canoe. The canoe was, I started going down the river. The canoe came dislodged, and it hit me and broke three of my ribs. And the worst part was that the current was so fast. I was flying down. And I grabbed hold of a branch and immediately my swim trunks went down to my feet. (laughs) And I decided that I was just going to (laughs) die rather than hang there because I immediately imagined being rescued with no shorts. I was like, I guess I'll die and I just let go. I made it though. But you don't drift into good decisions accidentally, good directions accidentally. You got to discipline yourself, prioritize yourself to get to that place that you're wanting to go. Proverbs chapter three, it says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, talking about God. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your paths straight. He'll make your paths straight. Acknowledge Him means give attention to Him, pay attention to Him. You know, a lot of us get led astray because something caught our attention. The other direction, we were heading this way, but our attention was caught, and we went, well, that seems interesting. We head that way, even though it's the road to destruction. It says acknowledge Him in all things. just means give Him your attention, pay attention to Him. How do you do that? For me, that is asking God, what's the wise thing for me to do? What's the wise thing for me to do? I want to do this. I want to do the easy thing. I want to do the thing that is, um, you know, short-term pleasure, long-term pain. I want that. I want that quick fix. I want that thing that brings dopamine to me. And I'll grab at that a lot of times. But if I stop and I say, God, what's the wise thing for me to do? What is the wise thing for me to do? That's how you give attention to him. That's how you pay attention to him. For you guys who are here today, just this act of you being at church today, that is giving attention to him. That's paying attention to him. And it brings you a step closer to that destination of being close to God. It's a discipline that you do. And so if you if you miss church, you know, I don't ever want to guilt people into saying you need to be at church, but you kind of need to be at church. That's what I tell people all the time. If they're new, I just say keep coming back. Just keep coming back because it's a discipline and it will end up getting you there where all of a sudden you are closer with God because of it. I was a wrestler in high school and... For a while, it didn't capture or grab my attention at the beginning, and I hated it. And the beginning of it, in ninth grade, we had to go through conditioning, and conditioning meant throwing up for a whole bunch of us who just weren't ready for it. And they said, okay, for the first day, you're gonna run two laps. We're like, what are laps? Quarter mile laps, you're gonna run two of them. My friend Eric and I, We were in the back of the pack and we're like starting to walk again and then we're getting whistled at and we got to try and run and pretend to run but we're we're going walking speed and we both threw up in the garbage can. And I just thought I didn't like it. I had to get to the point though where I was giving my attention to it and I was like, you know what, this is not going to beat me and I can't just hope to be in shape one day. I can't just hope because they said next week you're going to run three and the week after that you're going to run four and then you're going to run six. I'm like what happened to five? (laughs) I couldn't just hope to be in shape. I had to give my attention to it and so we started weightlifting. We started running when we weren't having practice and we said we're not going to puke in any more garbage cans. The question that I want you to ask today is, what is the next right step that I need to take to get to the place I want to go? What's the next right step I need to take to get to the place I want to go? And these steps do not need to be big. What about Bob? Baby steps onto the bus, baby steps, baby steps. It could be a big step, but it probably needs to be a small step. Sometimes we think too big and we can't get started. We think too big and we can't make a move to step in the right direction. What is the next right thing you need to do to get to the place that you want to go? Where do you want to go? Is it being debt free? What's the next right step? Maybe the next right step is cutting up your credit card. What's the next right step for you? For some of you, the next right step might be calling the doctor. You know how many people I know who are deathly afraid of the doctor? And you're in that place where you're going, well, I don't want to see the doctor because then they're going to tell me that I'm this. You know what's going to happen? You're going to die earlier. You are. You're worried you're going to go there and die. You're going to die earlier if you're afraid to go and talk to the doctor. And so some of you, your next right step, if you want to get to the payoff, the promise is you will have a family. You will live a long life. You will enjoy your kids and your grandkids. These promises, you want to get that promise paid off, you got to call a doctor. <laughs> for some of you, the, the next right step is to go to AA. For some of you, the next right step is to sign up for the recovery group and have them contact you about what what that looks like. We have a recovery group here at the church that is fantastic and it has saved people's lives and it could save yours. For some of you the next right step is to ask her out. (laughs) Your next right step could look like a lot of different things. For some of you the next right step is to get baptized. We're going to have baptism service soon. And we're going to talk about what that looks like and what it means and and teach on that. And for some of you, that's your next step in your faith. What's the next right step that I need to take to get to the place I want to go? Matthew 7, it says, Enter through that narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. We in this room are those few. We're the few who can find it because we've been given a point of reference. We've been given a map. We've been given an idea of the destination. We have been given insider information about where we can go. And I believe fully fully and completely, that Jesus has the best possible life that you can have. The best one that there is. He says in John chapter 10, that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Life to the full. Not a life where you're going, well, I just I have to be a good boy or a good girl because I'm a Christian. Jesus says... I have come that they may have life to the full. And that means adventure. It means danger. It means excitement. It means glory. It means living on a different level than other people. That's what we're promised. I want to get that payoff. Let's pray. God, thank, thank you for giving us promises on our heart. I just, I don't know why it's in my head right now, but for some of us that we are, we're given the promise that we will be a father and we'll be a father that our father wasn't because we can learn from you, the heavenly father and you are good and you give good gifts to your kids and you love us, and you have your arms wide open. Even when we screw up and we try to run away, you are standing there (laughs) with your arms wide open, not even just standing there, you're running towards us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to get to that that place where we are on the right path, taking the next right step that we need to get to the place we want to go. You've given us a promise. We want the payoff. We love you, Lord, and we thank you that you have a better way for us, that we don't have to just figure it out on our own. Just pray that you would give us wisdom and knowledge, understanding of what to do next. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.